Welcome to Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 67 for Tuesday, December 13th, 2011. I am Bill Wadman. And I am Dan Gottesman. And we are back with you for another holiday special. No, no holiday special. Well, kind of a holiday special. Uh, I guess. Uh, people ask us often about things they should buy. Yeah. What do I get? What should I get? What do, I, what do you suggest I get? It's interesting. They always say get, too. Mm-hmm. Are they taking it off the back of a truck? Mm. Uh, I guess, you know, getting is more uh, of a universal thing. Yeah. I have a friend who calls me up and says, I'm bored. What should I buy? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Must, that must be a real tough lifestyle that that fellow has. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's an interesting dude. He's like my best friend. Oh. Um, but, uh, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were, I was thinking and uh, we, we tend to get good response. Uh from uh, the episodes where we talk about uh, stuff, like things, th- stuff, and in, in, yeah, obviously there's stuff is a big word, but in particular things that uh, that you can you can either do or that you can buy. People yes. people like identifying with that sort of stuff. Sure. So I figured um, in the you know the holiday spirit, since it's you know gift giving time. We could highlight some of our favorite things. Um, I guess you could sort of say, like, you know how like a lot of shows have pick of the week type of things? We don't really do much of that, so I figured no. we could do a show where we make some picks and talk about things that we like, and, um, you know, maybe you, you know someone who might also like some of these things. Yeah, so they could be useful if you are trying to think of something to buy a fellow nerd. Right. Um, and uh, we, we probably have mentioned a number of these before. Yeah, yeah. Because they are some of the things that we really like. Right. So this is sort of like a review yeah. thing. What we, what I thought would be fun is if we we broke it down into three uh, basic sections, um, since Bill and I are obviously both pretty heavy into photography and computers, uh, I figured we'd, do, um, we'd each make a, a pick uh, in the photo category and the computer category. And then I figured why not throw in a wild card category where we can just you know pick something... Random. Wild. Wild. Totally crazy. And it's then out of control that section. Yeah, man. I mean I, I'm I'm hesitant to even look at it, honestly. Yeah. No, I mean Um and the uh and then within those categories to just to you know, to give us a little bit more flexibility, we would we would shoot for something, you know, inexpensive and then potentially very expensive. So you know, it can give you some some things to think about. So uh I think that's what we're gonna do. But before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to um, some of our newer listeners and and maybe perhaps longtime listeners. I really don't know how long the listeners uh, have been listening, but we have seen a nice little bump in the uh, reviews and feedback on the iTunes Music Store podcast page, um, and we definitely appreciate that because I think that's... I think some people find us in that way. Some people, you know, like they're browsing through podcasts and, you know, they see at the bottom of the listing. You may also you know, like. Yeah, other subscribers have also listened to blah, blah. So that that math, you know, those suggestions come from people making ratings and uh, writing up little reviews. So From viewers like you. Yes, viewers like you. They really do. Um, thank you. And we thank you. So please keep that up and tell your friends. You know, Absolutely. And, and we and we also welcome comments too. Uh, we we got a couple of comments on last week's episode on the uh, website, and we encourage you to come check it out at circu- at circuitous.tv. And uh, you know, 
we welcome all, any and all feedback, positive, negative, constructive, you know, crazy. Destructive. Destructive. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Any of the structives, really. We're, it's we're true. very. Instructive. Instructive. There you go. Good for you, Bill. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, uh, with that said, let us break into uh, our, our picks. For, we shall commence. Yes, this episode. All right, so, we're starting with photo stuff, right? Let's start with photo stuff. Right, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. All right, what do you got? Well, um, last week we were talking about um, flashes and triggers and strobes and stuff. Yep. And um, I, I have to say I'm a really big fan of having um, an external, you know, an, uh, essentially a, an off-camera flash um, to use. I mean, like when I'm packing a camera bag, for example... Um, I almost always pack at least one extra flash uh, just in case. You, you know, first, it's a backup in case my primary flash is, isn't working. And second of all, sometimes having that second light can really either get you out of a pinch. Like if, if you're, you know, shooting somewhere and the, the background is super dark, so you want to light your subject and your background. Uh, or you want to get like a nice little edge on something so you can put it off to the side. Uh, or sometimes, you know, you need two lights because, the, you know, you're, you're fighting against the sun and, you know, it's just the one that you have is, is just not cutting it. Um, and while it, it's nice and convenient for you to have the latest and greatest technology with the, the Nikon, you know, CLS system or Canon's TTL system where there's all the fancy pre-flashing and, you know, exposure evaluation happening in real time and all that fun stuff. Not everyone can really, you know, afford to, to dive into that. And, um, you really, all you need is, is a strobe that can see the other flash an optically triggered, uh, flash. And so my personal pick, um, is the old Nikon SB 80 DX, um, which I guess I want to say it came out in maybe 2000, maybe 99 ish. And it was Nikon's top of the line flash back then, which probably cost about, I don't know, three or 400 bucks. And they can be had pretty regularly on eBay, um, for an average of about 150 bucks. Sometimes you can find one for cheaper and more often than a little bit more than that, especially if you factor shipping. But what I love about the, uh, the SB 80 is, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, it has a built in optical trigger, so you essentially all just it'll it'll see you know, uh, if you turn it on any flash it sees it'll it'll trigger at the same time, and um, it's it's full manual control. It goes all the way down to one one twenty one one twenty eighth power, which is really nice. So if you you can get it up right you know nice and close and just get that extra little little kick, and um, and it has a PC port. So if you do use Pocket Wizards or external triggers, you can still plug it right in um, as an alternative. In the same basic price range, same basic function, uh, we, I also mentioned, uh, and, you, and you don't want to do the whole eBay thing, you just want to buy something brand new and not have to worry about it, there's that LumaPro strobe, um, I think it was the 160, I'll have a, I'll have a link to it in the, uh, in the I'm notes. just concerned about how well those are going to hold up. Well, yeah, they're they're new. They look They've a only crappy. They are, well, they're not, you know, they're, they're LumaPro is a, a Chinese company and they're, you know, they're made... Uh, elsewhere and sure. uh, but I I've talked to one person who loves them and I've seen pretty positive reviews of them online and again for the buck you know for like 160 bucks or whatever you really can't argue with that it's a pretty it's a pretty great uh, great deal and sure. the fact that it has all those you know it has the optical trigger built in it has the eighth inch plug-in so you can use external triggers and it's manually controlled I mean it's 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 a win-win yep so that is my uh, cheap ish <laughs> photo pick for this episode 
Okay, that's a good idea. You want to bounce back and forth? Yeah, what do you got? All right, well, mine sort of would go hand-in-hand with yours. Uh Uh, I am a big fan of these Fotex soft lighters. Ah, yes. Uh, Which, if you don't know what they are, imagine a photographic umbrella with a skin across the front of it so that it bounce, the light bounces up into the umbrella and then on its way back out towards the subject it has to go through a whole other diffusion panel. Uh, the light ends up looking very much like a soft box except nice and round. Uh, right. And the really nice thing about them is that they close down to umbrella size so they're small and also relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're pretty great in almost every respect. The other advantage they have over soft boxes, which I mentioned last week, I think, uh-huh. uh, is that because they're rotated around backwards, usually the back of the flash is towards the subject. So it's, it's very easy for it to see other flashes go off if, it's got, if you're using optical slaves, mm-hmm. where sometimes when you're using a soft box, it's a pain in the neck because it has to bounce all the way around the room to hit the optical slave in the back. That's a good point. Um, Another... So, Another thing that's really nice about the soft lighters is, again, because they're based on an umbrella, setting them up uh, can be really quick. Yep, it's fast. And you can even take the black part off them and use them as shoot-through if you ever need to on a, on a thing. So sometimes I don't even bring the diffusion panel. I'll just bring it as an umbrella that can also shoot through. And then sometimes I'll bring the diffusion panel and, and add that extra step. So it's sort of like a, a five-in-one kind of thing. Or yeah. three in one, as it were, for um, for you know for how much they cost and how much space they take up, it's a really great. Uh, well, that's the thing. So there's really three sizes. They're what thirty two or thirty six inches, and then forty. Or is it? Wait, I think it's thirty two, forty six, and sixty. Yeah, it sounds inches. right. Um, and they go. I think it's like fifty, seventy, and ninety dollars somewhere around there. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, and and for the price, it, you can't beat it. It's true. Um, I've I've destroyed my sixty inch closing it weird but that i've had that for four years and okay it costs 90 dollars. i'll buy a new one uh-huh. um but i have two of the small ones one of the medium and one of the big and uh, i use those all the time yeah and if you are somebody who you just have a strobe uh like just a single uh, on-camera flash or something you buy yourself one of those little manfrotto stands and a bracket and get one of these things and you could be setting up shooting studio lighting portrait kind of soft stuff yeah for cheap it all starts with, and really, all you need is just one nice soft light source to get to get started, and that's yeah. a really great modifier to get into. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, I was talking to our the fan, the friend of the show, uh, Jeffrey Sidoris, uh, uh, last week, uh-huh. uh huh, and he was saying uh, that they had a sixty inch, but that he hadn't really played with it yet because people said that he needed to get a real strobe. You know, huh. like a like a big like alien bees or something. I said, no, you don't. You really don't. I said, I mean, at near full power, half power, or quarter power, and if you're shooting at ISO four hundred and don't stop down very far, it's plenty of light. Yeah, and if you're not, you as a, long as you're not shooting, you know, more than yeah. once every few seconds, and you're and you're close to the subject, you know, like if you just want to mess around and give it a shot, like it's more than enough. So. Yeah, that, and that's just to sort of round this round our picks up here. Some people um, give battery powered, you know on-camera strobes uh, a bum rap because yep. they're so small. Yep. But um, again, sort of just echoing what Bill said about today's you know technology, the, the cameras we use now can easily produce ter- terrific looking results at much higher ISOs than they used to, you know, yes. not even five years ago. So, um, so first of all, you can get a little bit more light into the camera by just cranking the ISO up a little bit more, just, you know, just 800 even, you know, 800 or, or 1,000. Um, and that's like, you know, one or two more stops. And you don't even need to go there. 400 is fine. 
Yeah, and, and you know, in four hundred, you're not even going to see that much more noise than you will at two or a hundred. Right, and then the, and then the point is with these flashes, you know, even I very very seldom do I ever shoot them at full power. Yep. Um, usually. My, I think if I had to guess, my average is is eighth, you know, an eighth power or a quarter power at the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, uh, the benefit of that is you get way more pops, and the the recycle time is way faster. Yep. Uh, and you know, I, I I mean, honestly, I, I only have to charge the batteries maybe once, once a month, if yeah. that. You know, yeah. it's it's really they're really I mean, great. That's, that's the thing you got to think. I mean, if you're shooting at ISO 100 and you have your flash at full power to do something, yeah. you pull run your ISO up to 400. You need one fourth the amount of the thing, you know, half of a half. Right. So you need one quarter power. Yeah. And you'll you'll recycle a lot faster. You'll get a lot more pops. Yep. Um. So you know, it's a lot of people think you need to always shoot at these crazy low ISOs, but unless you know, nowadays with these new cameras, they're so good. It's true. Uh, at that kind of thing. It's true. Now, um, obviously, with large format and medium format and film and yeah, yeah, that's the a whole other stuff, thing. But if you're shooting these modern much. digital cameras like SLRs, yeah. I mean, yeah. shooting at 400 or 800 is nothing. No, it looks um, fine. It really looks fine. So anyway, so that's so soft lighters are, are a great thing. You know, I just want to throw in too. I, I said the, the the three in one thing of the umbrella. Look, if you don't have a five in one reflector. Right, or uh, even one of those two in one, even, even just a, a two sided one. one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I, just, I love the, but I like the ones that you can pull the thing off and it's a diffuser inside. Yeah, yeah, that's like a great. That's, that's where it's great, at. Great, handy, so super for handy. Th- what are they? Forty bucks, thirty five bucks? <laughs> Not even. I mean, they come in any number. I, I have a, a, a small. They come in sizes that collapse down to like literally six or seven inches, which I think is then they expand up to what? Maybe 18, 20, 18 inches. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's like a 30. I mean, they come in ch- I'm, just I'm about any like size and shape. 30 inches is usually good for overall usage and it's, it shrinks down small enough to fit in a bag. So yeah. it's like a, you know, 10 inches across. Totally. So it can fit um, in a laptop uh, bag or a backpack yeah. pretty easily. So if, if you don't have one of those and you're, you know, getting started in photography, I mean, using it as a reflector, you got uh, the white and black, you got silver and gold to warm things up if you're closer. Yeah, you take you, it outside if you're doing like a headshot and you know, you're shooting in direct sunlight, you stick that over just in between the subject and the sun and boom, you've got some nice soft, yeah, it's easy, one, easy to one, use light. One big like soft box instantly. Yeah. It's really uh, handy. So that's great stuff. Totally. Um, so if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have plug-in flashes, I think we move on to Dan's next pick. Correct. Uh, and this is something we definitely have talked about on the show a couple of times, but now I've had a ton of time to play with it, and it continues to impress me greatly. Um, and it is the Paul C. Buff, a.k.a. White Lightning and Alien Bees, um, Mini Vagabond Lithium, which is a little... Uh, like five pound, not even maybe three pound, uh, external battery pack, um, which is designed. The intention for this product is is to use out um, in the field with plug-in strobes like Alien Bees and White Lightnings, or really any 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 strobe that you can think of. Um, but the real bonus is that it's it's got two standard you know household plugs on it, so you can pretty much plug anything into it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't advise plugging like, you know, a hairdryer or a toaster oven into it because those probably wouldn't run for very long. But things like laptop computers, uh, cell phone chargers, um, you know, just about any, you know, basic consumer electronics, anything that would would uh, would run on batteries on its own, which already has a low voltage. um, This is a huge uh, helper um, and can can, you know, add a ton of time out in the field. Uh, or in the car, or you know, 
I, I, I probably you probably couldn't bring it on a plane because it's that's a lot of lithium, and I think they have restrictions on that. But um, bang for buck, man! I think they cost maybe less than three hundred bucks ish. I think it's like two hundred something, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really good deal, and they they they're so small and light. I mean, I can I can stick it in my camera bag. I mean, it's like you know the size maybe a little bit bigger. It's like one and a half, like eighty to two hundred or seventy to two hundred zoom lenses. I mean, it's not super super big, so it can still fit in a camera bag um, in a lens pocket if you've got two thirty nine. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just really great. Uh, I've had really great luck with it. And again, if you're working in a situation like Bill and I were just talking about, where you're not shooting at full power. And you, you know you want to get your the most pops and uh, the fastest recycle times, and you tune the power down to like you know fifty percent or twenty five percent. This thing's great, and it la- it seems to I've never let's put it this way I've taken it out for hours and hours, and I've never worn it all the way down. I think the closest I've ever gotten was fifty percent. When we were shooting up with that guy on the roof, what kind yeah. of what level of power were we shooting? That was we were using a, 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 a white lightning. Um, 16? 16, 1600, and I don't think we ever got more than a quarter power. Maybe, yeah, they're, maybe they're, half power at the most. Yeah. So it just goes to show you. I mean, and, and we had we were shooting into a big, giant, 40-something inch Octobox. Shoot, yeah. So, you know, that just goes to show you how much power you can get out of this little thing. No, it's great. So big, big thumbs up on that. Yep. Uh, and again, you can use it for, you know, for computers and pretty much any other you know, a laptop computer, obviously not a desktop computer. Sure. Although I would, I would imagine, I would be curious to see what a desktop setup would look like. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, big, big thumbs up on that. Absolutely. Man, these, uh, you know, it's, you don't really need all the fancy stuff. I mean, we're talking, most of the things we're listing are not only not that expensive, but pretty cheap in the grand scheme of things, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and crazy usable, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so, we're, we're, what's the next thing on? Oh, on my list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you know, if you're a photographer and you have a, uh, 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 digital SLR that, you know, you bought last year came with a kit lens, even if it's a good kit lens, some zoom lens, um, you, you cannot go wrong buying a 50 millimeter 1.8 prime. Like if you don't have one, that's your next bite, uh, thing to do. Uh, Canon makes a, a 1.8, 50 1.8. I think there are a hundred bucks. On Amazon, oh how much, yeah, the, how much are the Nikon ones? It's the same. The, I mean, it's between 100 and 120. I mean, they're just yeah. super cheap. And you really can't go wrong. So if no, you're no. shooting on a full frame camera, 50 millimeters is classic focal length that you would have used in the old days on your, you know, your dad's Pentax, sure, uh, which is the first prime he'd ever got. Yeah. Um, and if you're shooting on one of these new cropped cameras, it becomes a nearly perfect like medium portrait lens at. 80, around 85 on Canons, around 75 on Nikons, right. um, which is which is great. You get all the crazy bokeh blur in the background. You can shoot in much lower light. The viewfinder will be a lot brighter. There's, you know, numerous advantages. I, I I've gotten I've made people buy these kinds of things, and then they come back to me six months later, and they're like, "It's the only lens I ever use." Yeah, yeah, no, um, and, and we've. I mean, I'm, I'm sure our listeners have heard dozens of photographers and podcasts uh, with the same claims. You know, you read you read all about that. It's yeah. you know they call them nifty fifties. Uh, right. They're super useful. One one little um, item I'll add to that is that um, in in sort of response to the popularity of that um, of that you know inexpensive quote unquote normal uh, lens need um, Nikon a couple years ago released a really terrific lens. I own one of these and I I still use it all the time. It's a thirty five millimeter one point eight, which on a DX it's a DX lens, so it has it is, you know, cropped internally on the lens. But um it's two hundred bucks. 
and um, it's super sharp, really lightweight, looks great. Um, it's How much modern. Do they charge for that? It's two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Yeah, um, and if you get your, you know, you get yourself a, a D seven thousand or a D five, you know, any of the crop factor, even if you have an older, you know, D ninety, D eighty, whatever, um, you know, non full frame camera, it's a terrific. Sure. Uh, option and it's fast one eight. I mean, yeah. it's it's really great. So uh, the the equivalent Canon's in f two. It's about two hundred and eighty bucks. Um, although I think if you were going to go that far, you would go to my favorite lens of all time, which is the twenty eight one point eight. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a great lens. Which is like the Canon twenty eight one point eight is just crazy. Like I, I I love it. It's the focal length I use probably seven times out of ten. When when if if I had to shoot one lens. For the rest of time, that's probably the one I'd choose. Right now, on. it's not good for if if you were out trying to shoot birds from 600 yards away. It's not your lens. Nope. Um, but as like sort of a wide walk around kind of lens, and and a lot of the pictures you can see on my site were taken with that lens because I love it so much. No, it's a great lens. Um, love it. So yeah, so basically these like middle cheaper primes are a great place to go if you are kind of sick of zooms and their limitations. Yeah, and, um, and the thing a lot of folks might not realize is that when you let's say you just got that brand new you know Canon Nikon SLR under the tree, and the kit lens, the lens that comes with the camera these days. Is usually a you know a medium grade zoom, and honestly the, the zoom the quality of these they're things a lot better just, than they were twenty oh my years God, ago. They're so so nice, um, but they they've got very variable apertures. So that mm-hmm. I mean they're not I don't think they're any faster than three five or yeah, four. It's usually like three five to five six. Yeah, yeah, usually. Um, and um, and you know, and they're big, you know, big and bulky, and you know, people get attached to the whole zoom thing. And I think in addition just to just being convenient and and, and higher performance, it also has the potential to kind of help your brain grow as a photographer, you know, sure. from a compositional standpoint, when Zoom you're forced, your exactly. When you're, when you're constrained to a, a fixed focal length, uh, it really forces you to, uh, to think about your composition a little bit more. Yeah. So, uh, you know, go out and if you don't have one, get a 518. In fact, you, I bet you, if you go on KEH, it'd be even cheaper. Oh yeah. Can't even sure. imagine how cheap they are in there. No, and they're, the, and they're probably the really nice in quality too. Yeah. You know, so this is not, we're not asking you to go buy $400 billion worth of stuff. And it's funny how many people buy these cameras and never take the kit lens off. Yeah, well, that's true. It's kind of like, guys, there's there's more to life than, you know, the kit lens. Yeah, than uh, your 18 to 200. Exactly, which isn't <laughs> even, you know, they're not that great in the, to begin with. It's true. Um, so, anyway, something to think about. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so that moves us on to computer stuff. Why don't you go first on the computer stuff? All right, I'll go first on the computer stuff. Uh, I am going to lean towards storage stuff because it's something that most people don't actually think about all that much. Okay. Um, hard drives right now got crazy expensive because of the floods in th- Thailand, right? That's the rumor. Uh, to where uh, things are 150% more than they were a couple days ago or a couple weeks, a couple months ago. It's so true. Things drives that would have been $70 are now 200 that yeah, kind of thing. It's kind of nuts. Um, it is crazy. It's kind of like we went back in time three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but apparently they're coming back down again. Like they sort of reached this peak and are sliding back down. Although yeah. Intel, interestingly enough, the other day announced that they're actually uh, bringing their earnings down a few percent this year because they think that computer manufacturers are going to have a hard time getting hard drives for the Christmas season. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Uh, so that's that. So. Three different quick things. Uh, number one, if you or somebody you know who's a serious computer user is using a computer and is not 
using an SSD, which is a solid state disc, uh-huh. which is like a hard drive with no moving parts that is very fast. Uh-huh. Um, it is bar, bar none the best upgrade you can make to a computer that's been made in the last three years. So Agreed. if you've got a two-year-old laptop that you think, oh, you know, or a three-year-old laptop, oh, it's getting a little slow, try buying an SSD before you buy a new laptop. Agreed. Uh, we've talked about this before, but it's really, really true. Um, you are using one of the uh, OWC. Old, outer, outer World Computing, old a.k.a. World, no, it's old Outer Dirty World. Bastard. <laughs> what, who is it? It's uh, Other, Other World, World Computing. computing. Uh, and they're also known as MacSales.com. Yeah, it's kind of confusing the way they do that. I don't know why they do that. It's really yeah. annoying. But um, uh, no, they, they have a really terrific uh, line of mac like centric mac specific like you know guaranteed to work on a macintosh uh solid state disk products and those have already kind of entered into their second and third generation so um do you think some of some of their their argument for their case they could make for that like the whole compatibility thing is getting a little less strenuous like you know i buy ram off of newegg and put it in a computer i don't think i've ever had a problem putting it in a mac you know well, you don't have the same history that a lot of Mac users do. Well, I guess that's the thing. I mean, is that sort of like, oh, it used to be a problem, but now it's really not? It used to be a huge problem like 10 right. years ago. So right. Some people still remember how painful it was to try and find something, even though the specs were right and the yeah. specs would match. The, the Macintoshes were really inherently quirky about that fussy stuff. about that stuff. Yeah. So you had right. to, you know, you, you would always look for the place that, you know, guaranteed right. that it would work in your Mac. So and, and you're right. Nowadays, it's much less. Uh, They're kind of I, selling I, on that name, even though it's not really. Well, much I mean, an issue. Well, these guys have been around for a long time and, yeah. you know, they've, they've been catering to Mac specific users the whole time. So why sure. not start That's with true. them? That's yeah. what I look at. Uh, so they have good stuff and their prices are okay. Uh, yeah. A lot of people like the OCZ drives. Sure. Intel makes a, a fine drive and as well. Intel, you know, if I were going to buy another one today, I have an Intel SSD in my desktop. If I was going to buy another one today, I'd buy an Intel, either a 310 or I think it's the 510. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there was a review recently talking about the stability and long-term uh, reliability of SSDs. And I think they, it's too soon to tell. Me well, of. it is, but they, these the people who were doing the article went and talked to a bunch of data centers that use SSDs. Uh huh. And they had you know relatively good numbers and overall better than hard drives, just because you know there's less physical stuff to fail and whatever. Right. But what was interesting about it is that every single one of the say five places they went to talk about, uh-huh. they all used Intel drives. Huh. Like you know what I mean? They they regardless of what's available out there, they they chose to use Intel drives, assuming they're more reliable. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. it's an interesting thing that's like that's what they chose. So you know, there's something to say for that. People who who are knowing in the industry were choosing the Intel drives. Now it's not to say that there aren't other good drives out there, but you know, if I wanted to have one drive out in the middle of the desert and I didn't want it to fail, I I would lean towards Intel. Um, but uh, I have a, I think it's a Samsung in my MacBook Air because that's what comes in these things. Uh-huh. It's either Toshiba, it's interesting. You can either get Toshiba or Samsung just uh-huh. by you know lot number. Yeah. But the Samsungs are a lot faster than the Toshiba huh. by like thirty percent. Huh. Um, so it's sort of like luck of the draw, you know, what you Weird. end up getting. But it turns out mine's one of the Samsung. Yeah. Um, so anyway, SSD, great, fantastic thing to do. Yeah. Uh, secondly. Um, you need to back up. If you're not backing up, you're crazy. You need to go buy a drive and back up right now. Um, come yeah. on. You're laughing at me, but... No, it's true. Yeah. Um, so the easy way to do it, I guess, would be to buy a nice little external USB drive, like the kind of the kind that have the little two-and-a-half-inch laptop drives in them. 
Yeah. Uh, plug it into your computer if you have a Mac. Even just use Time Machine as yeah. a bare minimum. It's, it's built in. Use it's it. Not bad. Yeah, uh, I think on 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 Windows. I you know I what I guess you could use you could use Time uh, not Time Machine, but there's there's a Windows backup software. But I, I don't think I ever used it that way. I always like manually set up batches to do things on on Windows. But um, batch files really. Well, not batch files, but I used to have it automatically. You know, I used basically like Super Duper, but instead of cloning, it would just sort of do a comparative thing and just update just the sure. files, you know. Sure. Um, but now on my Mac, I use Super Duper and I clone the whole drive, all of my drives, over to a backup drive every night. I have it automatically do it. Nice. Uh, with a desktop, it's easier because you can have it all plugged in all the time. Yeah. But if you're a laptop person, you kind of have to remember to... Put it down every once in a while and plug in your little drive so that it does the backup. Well, if you schedule Super Duper, uh, it'll nag you. I mean, it'll 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 launch and say, "Hey, I can't do my job because the drive isn't plugged in." Okay, you know what you want to do. You know, and what does Super Duper cost? Twenty nine bucks, something something like that. that? Yeah, Yeah, Uh, which I think is well worth it. Um, And so, if you're not backing up, you're crazy because you have all your pictures on there, all your music on there, and if you don't have it anywhere else, and that thing goes, it's like somebody torched your house. It's true. You know that's. That's the modern equivalent of of your house burning down. So yeah, either you're crazy or you don't you don't care. Yeah. You're which, a badger, you know? which leads me to the my last little thing here. Yeah, which is to do some sort of online storage system. Uh-huh. Uh, I recommend Dropbox because that's mm-hmm. what I use and it has a whole lot of other features on top of just putting stuff up on the cloud. Uh-huh. So if you have a, a a fairly fast internet connection and you don't have four trillion terabytes of drive stuff like I do. What if I have like two trillion? Two trillion? Uh, you could make Still that no happen. Good? Okay. Well, actually, you know what? Like on a, on a system like you're on uh, Fios, right? Uh-huh. What is, what is your upload speed? It's actually uh, synchronous. It's 25 by 25. That is insane. Yeah, See, so for you, uploading a terabyte to something is not actually an impossible thing. Yeah, I guess not. Like for me, it would be silly. It would take a while. Yeah. So, but there are other ones like uh, Crash Plan, and and what's the what's the other one that you can get? Oh, there's a bunch now. Yeah, uh, Mosey. Mosey's one. What's the uh, one they advertise Carbonite. on Twitter? Carbonite. And some of those are like, what is it, ten bucks a month, something no, like that. They're all relatively comparable. Yeah. They just have yeah. different, slightly different packages right. of. And some of them though are unlimited. So you literally, if you had three terabytes of drives in your system, yeah, it, you could just upload it'll away. back up three terabytes of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't have it do that because my Time Warner cable modem is very slow up speed. It's like seven twenty or seven fifty k. Yeah. Um, seven sixty eight k. It's slow. Yeah. So I'm not going to upload all. You know three or four terabytes worth of pictures that I have in my drives, yeah. but I don't need to. What I need to do is back up just the final JPEGs of the final stuff that I'm working on. And for that, I use Dropbox and uh, and it's fantastic because not only do I put up all my finished images, which actually doesn't add up to all that much. Uh, yeah. 14 gigabytes is like everything that I care about. Right. Um, and it's all the way up there. It's always up there, which is really handy. And when I'm out and about, like I was out in Utah, some magazine called me and said, hey, I want to get this picture. It was up on my Dropbox, and I could send them a link to the file straight from the Dropbox app on my phone. It's pretty sweet. Which was pretty awesome, yeah. And uh, I use it, like we use it for the show yeah. to drop audio files back and forth between Dan and I. Yeah, I mean, I don't think our users are you know strangers to yeah. Dropbox. It's but man, a press. Dropbox is where it's at. Like, yeah, it's, I, I, it's terrific. I pay the, I have a 50 gig a month thing, but even the free one, man, 
Yeah. Uh, what is it? Two or three? What do they get you? It starts now? you off with two, and then you can you refer can up people to five, get, right? Get, uh, I think you can get, it goes up to eight or ten, actually. Okay. Now. So, yeah, make, do some referrals, get some free Dropbox, but Dropbox can't go wrong. So, I guess the moral of the story is SSDs fast, get hard drives back up, and uh, get your stuff outside of your house. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, up to some sort of one of these online storage places would be great. Yep. And some of them you can actually even create a, uh, like an encrypted drive and then stick that drive image onto the Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So basically it's encrypted up on Dropbox too. Yeah, it's true. Um, so anyway, just things to think about. But uh, with computer stuff, storage, like people don't think about it enough. It's, well, yeah. I, I mean, or people people think, oh, it's it's you know, it's like buying gas for your car, but it's it's more than that. I think you're talking about average users. Yes, your sure. average. Well, I know a lot of serious computer users who act like they are doing backups and act like they're you know, but actually aren't. You know, <sighs> craziness. Well, they're just they're they're playing Russian roulette. Yep, Russian roulette. Anyway, all right. So your computer choices. Yeah, um, I ways to fill up all the storage we just bought. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it, and uh, uh, the one thing that I really, you know, found myself using for a really long time that I like, and and th- this this obviously this is gonna has the potential to get in a much, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> much bigger uh, conversation. So I'm, I'm just gonna. We'll, we'll, I'll touch on this as a primer for now. Maybe we can have a whole episode about oh, this we later. We do have an episode about it. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. We did a whole show about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm talking about um, uh, a service called GigaNews. Uh, GigaNews is a Usenet service provider. And uh, for those who are unfamiliar, Usenet is uh, essentially uh, a giant constantly flowing in the background on the internet um, bulletin board-esque service where people are constantly posting all kinds of random things from movies and television shows to to, to music to software to literally anything you can you can think of and uh, I'm not obviously I'm not advocating you know the the any, anything illegal I'm not saying you should go here and burn DVDs and sell them and you know on Canal Street in Chinatown but uh, for those of us who don't um, have you know have a television set uh, and don't you know don't place that high a priority on on um, you know, getting on the television watching experience. Um, you know, like when I say that, you know, you don't have like a, a TV with a surround sound system and a big couch and, you know, you make an event of, of, of sitting down and watching TV. See, I'm, I'm not one of those guys. I, I, I love my watch, you know, I love watching TV as much as the next guy, but I tend to watch, you know, in a window on my desktop while I'm doing something else as a rule. And, um, and, you know, and also for finding, random music and things like that, pieces of software and what have you. Um, and Giga News has been around uh, for a really long time. I've been using them since, probably since 2000 or so now. I mean, it's seriously, it's been nine or 10 years. And I know their current uh, pricing, uh, you, you'll be able to find cheaper services out there. But um, I I don't know. It's one of those things where I've been using them for so long and it's never, ever let me down, ever. And I figure, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I'm I'm all right with being a loyal, long-term customer, even if the price might be, you know, ten bucks more a month than the competitor. Um, just because, I mean, these guys have have proven themselves to me. You know, and that's that's worth something to me. So, um, that's the the first half of my recommendation. So, uh, I use Giga News as my service provider, and then 
Wait, which which just so we know what plan do you use? What what how the, much do you spend? The about? unlimited one. I think it's about twenty five. There's two bucks. unlimited. There's yeah. There's a twenty five and there's a there's oh, a the, diamond plan too. The fancy one. Yeah. They also well another cool thing that Giga News has recently started doing, um, which could be interesting to non American users or people who are a little bit more security centric, uh, is they also offer this VPN service where you can actually route all of your internet traffic through this encrypted VPN service, which, and here's the thing about GigaNews that I might not have mentioned. They are preposterously fast. I have yet to find an internet connection anywhere. I've been, I, and I've been to like companies, universities, stores, um, places with preposterously fast internet connections, like well over a hundred megabits per second. I have never, uh, I've always been able to max out the download speed yeah. when downloading from GigaNews servers. I mean, it just comes down at full full speed every time it is the fastest way to get stuff for sure it's like having the server locally on your network i mean it'll right. go it'll saturate your internet connection as much as you've got i've never never seen it not do that which you is know, another kind of nice plus just for the record i use super news uh-huh and i i think i pay like 12 bucks a month or something uh-huh um and i mean nine ninety five percent of the time it's maxing the whole thing out and every once in a while it slows down but i don't know if it's you know there's other stuff going on or who yeah, knows if it's my sure. thing but just you don't have to pay. I mean, I would use Giga News if I really had the money, but I'm trying the cheaper one, and it's okay for me if you want sure. to try it out. And I, and I have other friends who have opted that. You know, like I said, there's other servers out there. Yep. The other thing that really kind of um, I'd like is is the fact that Giga News, I think, was the first of the big you know news Usenet providers to start the retention. Yes. Um, game by adding enough space to literally never have to throw anything away. And I think now, I mean, that, that was what, three years ago? Now the average, I mean, I think these guys have stuff on online that Four is as years. old as, yeah, it's like nine or ten, 900 or almost a thousand days old. Yeah, it's actually so, 1225 on oh, Giga and 1215 on Super News. So it's insane. It's kind of insane. So that means that anything anyone ever posts should be available forever <laughs> as long as the the drives don't fail and the indexes are still intact yep um so that's pretty sweet um but moving on from that uh partner you know sort of like uh companions to uh a usenet service like giga news or super news uh are two handy little open source uh i would i would put these in the do-it-yourself category not necessarily drag and drop or double click and off you go um but very worth your uh, time if you have a little bit of technical aptitude and some some uh, interest in this. Uh, it is a Python-based, we call it a faceless background application that you access f- through a web browser when you want to when you want to check on it. So you, it's sort of something you run, you know, you double click on it and then it starts running in the background and there's no no real interface to it uh, unless you go to a web browser and, and you know, and fire it up uh, and point, point your web browser to that actual... Uh, Port, you know, essentially, you're pointing the web browser to the computer itself, and it's called SAB NZBD. Which now, what would somebody use if they weren't going to use this? Well, uh, you would use uh, a dedicated Usenet right. client. So who of who some still sort. makes one? Because I used to use Agent on. Yeah, Agent Windows. was the big one on the Windows. The big one on the Macintosh is actually made by Panic. Unison, guys, yeah, Unison, uh, made by those guys make Transmit that really terrific FTP client, and then that yeah. really nice web editor Coda. Um, by the way, it's it's episode sixteen of our podcast. Oh my, that was as, a while ago. as seen on TV. <laughs> nice, uh, yeah. So I'm sure I, you know, you can go back and listen to that episode and, and hear me talk about all this, you know, downloading stuff in greater detail. Anyway, uh, SABNZBD 
has been maturing over the year, and uh, there's a really nice Mac client for it. It just, you know, that is relatively easy to install. It takes a, a minute or two to configure it and get, you know, get used to it. But it handles all of the mundane things like managing the uh, unarchiving and sorting of your files once you've got them downloaded. Um, it has some really nice um, additional features where you can have it rename the files uh, and, and trash some of the stuff that you don't, you know, like the, the info files and other random little bits that come with, uh, with some of the things that you download. And it even has the ability to support uh, RSS-based searches. So if you use an NZB uh, index service, um, you, can, you can essentially create a customized search, uh, save it as an RSS feed, and then feed that feed to SAB NZBD, and it'll you know pull that search, whatever, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, and then if, if something matches, it'll download it automatically in the background. Along those lines... It's a terrible name for that app, by the way. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they named it that. It must stand for something. It's very um, complex. If you want to go even further, and this is, this is definitely not for beginners, but it's something relatively new that I've been doing for the past few months, there is an, un- another open source product, uh, a project called Sick Beard. Uh, I, I do not know the history of that. I'm sure if you, you go looking for it, you can find something. But what Sickbeard does, it's another little service that runs in the background on your computer, similarly to uh, SAB and ZBD. And it actually tries does it take to... take its place? No. Uh, it, it's a companion because uh, it doesn't do any downloading, essentially. Okay, what so you it do, just feeds stuff into SAB and ZBD. Yeah. SAB and ZBD came first. And the say guys, that one more time. SAB and ZBD. <laughs> I call it Sabanzabad just because I'm silly. Sabanzabad. Yeah. Uh, it's more syllables, though. Uh, the guys who wrote Sickbeard kind of built it, you know, intentionally to, to be a companion to SAB and ZBD. Um, and you do have to, on a Macintosh, you do have to bend over backwards a little bit and install some stuff. And there are a few nice little how-tos, you know, with, with some Googling and some patience and trial and error. I was able to get it up and running, in, you know, in a few minutes on my machine. And I've helped one or two other people do it uh, as well. On Windows, uh, I think there is actually just a nice little installer that'll handle most of it for you. Um, but what's really neat is that it kind of assumes the role of, uh, of a, a sort of TiVo-esque automated... Um, television show uh down it's really it, for that's the one thing it, it really is only they specialize in television shows uh and what's really cool is there's an independently managed uh index of just about every show that's ever aired ever um and you can once you get it configured you add your shows to this and then it'll it'll pull their database and give you episode names and air dates and sometimes even like summaries of like who was in them and what have you. And then you can basically create a little wish list and, and you can put a little checkbox next to it. And, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I want to, if you, if you can find it, I want you to grab for me, uh, you know, the, 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 the episode of, uh, of Stephen Colbert that rush played on, you know, so, you know, you might need to know what it, you know, that's, that might be season four, episode 17 or whatever, but you can go into their directory and scroll down the list and there it is. Season four, episode 16, check the checkbox, hit the wanted button, and then it'll go off on its own, uh, hunting for that show. Uh, they, they, they do maintain their own, uh, database of NZBD, uh, NZBs, uh, but they also have a nice little feature where if you do use a, an external NZB indexing service like NZB matrix or any of the other, the big name one, you know, NZBs are us or what have you, uh, you can add your account information to it and then it'll log in to those services on your behalf and grab those files for you. Um, now th- this all said again, it's, it's kind of complicated. Um, and it's not for everybody, but it is something that I have come to really rely on and appreciate greatly over the uh, over the years, and uh, I feel like people should know about it because it's really cool. 
Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, do you get HD or non-HD? You know, that's a good question. And I tend to get HD for shows that I think it's worth it. You know, like generally like the maybe the premium cable television shows, which are actually shot and, and filmed and, you know, put together with higher production values. Right. But for, you know, network television stuff that, you know, doesn't really need it, I don't bother. Okay. Just like, you know, sit- sitcoms and stuff like that, or, you know, sure. talk shows and things like that. I don't really bother. Uh, the other cool thing, just to, just to throw this out there, is that uh, what's neat about this this whole system is that you don't really need to hold on to the, the files anymore uh, if you want to watch them again. Uh, because as long as you tell uh, SAB NZBD to retain the NZBs that it downloads, um, you can just go back and refeed that NZB you know, re, 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 you know, rerun it, if you will, and then it, it'll just go right back to where it found it in the first place and re-download it again. So it's not like I'm sitting here on, you know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes of shows that, you know, on my hard drive, I have the, I have thousands of NZBs from, from years of downloading them that I can just rerun through my downloader and get them when I need them. It's pretty yes. cool. And uh, if any of you have listened to the last 15 minutes and are just kind of staring blankly at the screen of yeah. your phone, uh, go back, listen to episode 16, and it'll give you some more of the... History, uh, the history of all of this. Yeah, um, those are good choices. I, I am a big fan of all that, and it saves me a lot of money on my cable bill. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, I don't have a cable bill. Well, I have my cable modem. Yeah. Um, I guess the only problem comes when when they start really uh, fighting back on bandwidth caps. Yeah, that's 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 the it's only possible. point that it's going to get messy. Uh, um, yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, but uh, but you know, it's you know it. It's handy just being able to get things that you just want to see. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you really like certain things or you like musicians, go buy their records. Yeah. Go to, or go, well, go to their shows and buy their yeah. shirts. Yeah. I'm actually a big fan of buying their records on their websites. Oh, yeah. If you can do that. Or, like or Colton go, and those guys. Like, or, you can just go buy his stuff. Absolutely. And, or go, and they or, sell you know, flack. Yeah. And then you go to, or you can go to band, sites like Bandcamp where, yeah. you know, that are set up by the artist with no, yeah. no middleman. Because then you're not wasting a lot of money on some big major corporation. It's true. And, you know, and if you want to support the movie, go to the theater and, yep. and, and buy a ticket. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, all right. So that gets us to Wildcard. Uh, um, so no. why, don't, why don't we bounce back and forth I, in these? Um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. You, you kind of bundled all your stuff together. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I missed uh, that. Was m- my first pick was, was the cheap one because <laughs> it's mostly free stuff um, except for the, uh, the Usenet account. Uh, on the expensive side, I'm, I'm just going to quickly summarize and, and say that if you're thinking about uh, a new laptop computer, you should very seriously consider uh, the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the current offerings in that uh, product line are just tremendous. Uh, both the 13-inch and the 11-inch machine are awesome. They're really, really great. And obviously, you know, they started about a grand, and you can upgrade them a little bit with RAM, and there's even third-party offers for internal SSDs. But just, I mean, just bang for buck. I mean, they, they weigh nothing. They're fast. They're, they're, they're clean. Um, just super good. Bill has one, um, and my mom has one, and everybody I know who has one loves it. So yep. 13 inch. Up. I got the 13-inch, uh, low-end 13-inch, which is 4 gigs of RAM, 128 SSD, and it's fine. And it's actually really great uh, travel computer. I've worked on it a little bit. I mean, I think at a certain point, the RAM becomes a problem when I'm editing my stuff the way I do. Right. Uh, but at least the SSD in there is a lot faster than a hard drive. So even yeah. though it slows down because it's caching, it's caching at five times the speed as it would on a, on a hard drive. Yeah. And I can um, tell you this, man. Thunderbolt? So Thunderbolt is going to be awesome in another year yeah. or two. Uh, I had a, my, my first hands-on experience with, uh, 
one of the, those new Thunderbolt uh, p- uh, promise raids, which yep. I know is not what you know. It's not everybody can just afford, but man, that is the wave of the future. Uh, Thunderbolt is going to be really sweet once the products start coming, which should yeah. be next year. For Absolutely. Sure. I agree. And you know what? To, to be fair, even USB three is actually really fast. I've never seen it. I never had, I never had hands on it. I, I don't have any USB either, but like a couple of people I know, I mean, uh-huh. USB thing plugged in. I mean, it's the same as it's plugged in internally. I mean, there's almost, it's about half the speed of Thunderbolt, but most of the speed of Thunderbolt's being wasted on a drive or two, you know? Well, yeah, if it's um, a physical... So, disc, you know, if yeah, you just have a sure. single drive, external drive, plugged into USB 3, it's as fast as it is internal, or, you know, close to it. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, I don't know, just something to think about. Definitely. And a better connector than the eSATA, which never Ugh, holds, hate, stays in. I hate that connector. Why wouldn't they have come up with a better connector? Because it's a great technology. You don't need, it's, you know... It's true. It's true. Uh, okay, so on the wild card, uh, why don't we start here? I this is something way off the beaten path. Uh huh. But if you guys don't have a memory foam pillow, you should try one. <laughs> is it solid state? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though. No memory foam. You mean like yeah, the posturpedic know, like, whatever? Yeah, like the 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 foamy, the hard foamy stuff that when you put in, it like sinks in just a little bit, but then supports your your body. So you they, could put like a glass of wine on the edge of the pillow and then put your head down, and the and the glass of wine wouldn't spill. Essentially, yeah. Wow. Um, but if you, seriously, if you haven't tried one of these pillows, they're pretty great. Um, and you know, especially in the winter time, it's nice because all this stuff holds heat. Huh. So it's actually it's it's cozy. And doesn't sound uh, like it would be very good in a pillow fight though. Not good in a pillow fight, good for pillow sleeping. Oh, maybe good pillow defense. Maybe that would be your shield pillow <laughs> yeah. in a pillow fight. And I have had I think 3 of them in the past 10 years or so. Cuz eventually they kind of sink in. Uh-huh. Like I guess they get kind of mushier. Yeah, they get they, they get their... they get they lose their elasticity a little bit. Gotcha. Sure, sure. Um but I love that and you know my current mattress actually has a built-in memory foam pillow top oh. uh, on it. So it's sort of the best of the... What are those... What are the beds with the memory foam beds? Posturpedic? No, I don't no, know. no. Tempurpedic? Something pedic. Tempurpedic, yeah. There's pedic in there. I know there. Yeah. That's I think it's the sure. Tempurpedic. Uh, it's basically like the best of a Tempurpedic bed and the best of a coil bed because I'm not a big fan of the Tempurpedic full beds. But I am a big fan of these uh, these... Pillows. In fact, I use one of those and then a really crushed down regular pillow as like mm. a little stack. I like the down pillow, man. I like it. I like a. See, I, I, I I'm allergic to the down. Oh, that's too bad. You're not down with down, bro. Yeah, I am not down with down. I I, but, I, uh, I usually get a firm one and a soft one. You know. Yeah. Um, how much do one of those little memory pillow thingies cost you there? Uh, let's see on what's the, the going, Amazon. What's the going rate? They're cheap. They're uh, thirty bucks on Amazon. Oh, that's not bad. Fifty bucks. I've, yeah, I've, there's all I've been getting uh, my pillows from places like uh, IKEA and Bed Bath and Beyond and Linens. IKEA and actually sells some memory foam of their own. Oh yeah, uh, but they're not that great. But if you want to, if you go to Bed Bath and Beyond and that kind of stuff, you can yeah. find some of the better ones. The other nice, nice thing is about that that they have a contour to them usually, like a bump in the front, which fits well into like the back of your neck. You know, sure. when you're laying down or on the side. Yeah, yeah. So kind of, it's not like your neck is just hanging there. Your neck's being supported as well. Nice. Uh, so you can even lay on your back comfortably. I'll have to anyway, check it out. Yeah, check out the memory foam. So that thing is way off the beaten path of our thing, but I was just Well, that's, around. that's why we call it wild card, bro. It's wild card. All right, what do you got? My wild card is, I, I'm, I know I've mentioned this at least once over the year, um, but I am a huge fan of my Kelty backpack. Yeah, uh, I have. Uh, I, I want to say, geez, it's probably maybe six years ago now. Uh, I picked up the Kelty Red Wing thirty one hundred. 
uh, which is a 3,100 cubic inch capacity. They call it an internal... It's, it's essentially it's a day pack. It's not like a frame pack, but it does have this one sort of lightweight metal support that goes down the center, uh, which kind of helps it stay rigid. Um, but it's one of those, you know, it's essentially just a really is large... Is it actually metal or is it some kind of plastic thing in there? Uh, mine are metal. I've definitely okay. seen the metal. Um, I think it's aluminum. It's light. But uh, these are, you know, these are full-size backpacks with like, nice big cushy straps, uh, removable waist belts. I tend to just leave the belts in place. Uh, they have a little, you know, the little strap that comes across your, your chest so you can, you know, trap, strap the two little shoulder straps together. Um, what's great about these bags is that they're extremely high capacity, but they're also really lightweight. Um, so when there's not a ton of things in the bag, you're not carrying around a bunch of just bag weight. Um, and you, you know, w- when you put it on empty, it doesn't even feel like you're wearing a bag. Um, it, you know, what, what I love about big bags that, uh, that, that take up, you know, that, that are full size like this, they actually use like your whole back, um, to, to, to spread the weight around. So if you, you know, you got this thing that's it's on your whole back and you can tighten down the waist strap, um, and you can carry a ton of weight and it doesn't feel like it, uh, like you are. And sometimes it's really, I, I would almost like equate this to a duffel bag, but with backpack straps and a couple of nice little additional features on the side and the outside, you know, it's got two big pockets on the sides, one, you know, one on each side, which are large enough to hold, um, geez, um, you know, water bottles or, or, or toiletry kits or, yeah. you know, a, a, it, it, just long story short, you can put a ton of stuff in this bag. It's got uh, a medium sized outside pocket and a small size outside pocket. You know, if you want to stick your keys or wallet or whatever. Um, and then it has those little sort of mesh pockets where you can, you can stick a water bottle. But what I like to do, I use this as a camera bag a lot or as uh, when I'm, you know, for music stuff, you can stick tripods, uh, music stands, um, you know, light stands, anything on the, in these little wire, uh, these mesh pockets. And then there are two compression straps, one on the bottom, one on the top that you can actually use to, to cinch them to the body of the backpack, essentially adding, you know, more stuff to the outside on the sides, uh, which really increase the ability to, to carry stuff. I'd like to put in my, uh, vote of confidence for this Kelty bag. Uh, you lent one to me last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. For your Washington uh, yeah, trip, which I took down to Washington and I had, let's see what I had in it. Uh, two strobes, two of the little Manfrotto uh, lighting Five stands, stands yeah. two 32 inch soft lighters, uh, my 501 reflector, my 5D Mark II, and four lenses, and clothes to wear for the next day. Yeah. Um, and it was heavy. <laughs> sure. You're probably you're talking about <laughs> because about I brought 40, a lot of stuff. Yeah. 40 some odd pounds there. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah. But it all fit in there fine, and and it worked out really well. Uh, and, I did you know, use your little crumpler bucket, right, to hold the camera for your camera stuff. Um, uh, I, I I would give it this a, a similar kind of quality feel to oh, who the hell makes the bag the other bag that I use North Face. Yeah, they make good bags too. True, I I, I like their products. Their their stuff is a little bit pricier though. Yeah, uh, you can you can find this bag. Uh, so just a just a heads up. Uh, you can still find the Red Wing 3100 online if you Google for it, but Kelty has since updated the the product name. Uh, same basic design. They've changed the colors around They've and gone the, the pocket, those commies. The po- the pocket um, the pocket layout is is very very similar. Um, but the current, if you go to Kelty's website and you look it up, the current model name is the Red Wing 50. Um, and it, it comes in a whole bunch of really cool colors. I've got I've got two. So I, I have my original one that I bought like. 
you know, five, six years ago, yeah. which has been around the world with me. Um, and then I have a newer one, which I bought about two years ago, which is the newer design. And I mean, aside from the newer one being a little bit more stiff, just because, you know, it's, it's newer, um, uh, they're, they're, they're virtually identical and I, I love them both equally. Yeah. I, you know, what was nice about it is that it fit those, the umbrellas and everything inside of it. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, if I had it to do over again, I might want to get one personally that was a slight bit smaller. I don't know if they make a 40. I don't um, know if they make a four. They do have a, a really nice array of choices. Yeah. So um, I mean, I personally would go a little bit smaller. You like to carry more stuff than I do. I, I normally do. I'm, do. I'm a weird person. A- like and that. you like humping it around. So I do. I do. Um, um, so the average price on these guys, by the way, is about a hundred bucks. Yeah. You do some. You do some. You know, aggressive searching. You can. I, I think I got one, my first one for like eighty bucks. Yeah, like you found one for me that was like eighty eight, eighty five. Yeah, something like that. Ebags yeah. has it. You know, just do some. Do some searching, and you will find. You will find them. Uh, so and yeah. They're, a really great uh, bang for the buck, and I've had mine for years, and I'm very, very fond of them. So right. that's my pick. And then we've got one little electronics pick a piece. Yeah, you yeah. Wanna, you want to just bang yours out? Sure. Uh, this is something I have not ever actually seen or held in my hand, but uh, I've been thinking about these sorts of things for a bit, um, and it is uh, a portable digital audio recorder. Um you know, I, I, I do, as as most of you know, I, I do a lot of playing. Uh, I'm a musician as well. And it's nice to go to a show or a rehearsal and record stuff. And, and as I'm actually getting more into professional audio and video stuff, sometimes uh, I've been on a few uh, DSLR video shoots where the audio is being recorded separately, you know, because the cameras don't actually have the capacity to record decent sounding audio, at least not without a bunch of hoops to jump through. Uh, so it's not unusual for people to use an external recorder like, you know, a Zoom or a Tascam or, you know, all of which are, are fine. But um, I was poking around on Roland's website. Roland is a longtime electronics manufacturer, and they have a really cool looking product called the R26. And it fits right into that nice little, uh, you know, pocket sized form factor. But it has some really seriously cool looking professional features Uh in, just off the top of my head here, um, it's got two two different pairs of built-in microphones, which you can use either or at the same time. So it's got a pair of omnidirectional mics and a pair of directional mics, um, so that you can you can either just get a room sound or you can aim it at something and get a nice focused sound. And it also has on the bottom two of those really nice combination XLR quarter inch inputs that you can use for microphones or you know an input from a mixer. or what have you. And as I understand it, you can actually record all six of those channels simultaneously. So you can, you know, turn on all of the microphones plus the two inputs and get, you know, six in- independent tracks uh, all at the same time, which is really, really useful. Yeah. Um, at 2496. Yeah. 24-bit, 96K. And um, I, I also like the the fact that they, they one, of the, one of the problems I've had with them, I have an older Tascam DR1, which was one of the first gen compact flash you know uh, these things these are solid state recorders obviously they record sd cards um which is super nice um some of these recorders have buttons and knobs on them that are actually quite loud like when you put when when you're handling the device while rolling um rolling so to speak while you're recording uh you can hear like handling noise which kind of ruins the recording these these guys uh made the knobs and buttons really smooth like the buttons are all soft rubber buttons not hard plastic buttons here i can play here this is this is the task i want to have it sitting right here you can actually 
you know, you yeah. can hear me pushing those buttons. Sure. Um, you know, like that. That's that's not cool. I mean, if you can hear it with your ears, imagine what it sounds like, you know, internal to the device. Um, another nice thing is that it runs on four AA batteries, which are easy to come by. has a tripod socket on the, on the bottom, so you can mount it to something really easily. And a nice big screen. Uh, again, I've never seen it. Uh, I read a review about it, and it was... That it was it was glowing, not cheap. It's about four hundred bucks, but if you're serious about you know portable audio recording, uh, this would be something I would very seriously check out, and it'll probably be my next purchase once my Tascam dies or if I run into some money and need to get one of these things. You know what I've actually was really surprised about is how well even the iPhone just doing the voice recorder. Yeah, I use that thing all the time. I mean, like in shows and stuff. Like I've put it down on a table during like acoustic concerts, like with you know PA. Yeah. And it comes out pretty good. It like does. a little sweetening on the other end, a little EQ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a great recording, for, well, but let's it's... Put it, for what it is, for what it is, it's, it's a amazing. hell of a lot better than you'd think it would be. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, just so something else to put out there. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. And the last thing on my list is, is an easy one, but if you're looking for something to give somebody and they are a reader, buy them an e-reader. Um, buy them... Uh, the new Kindles are crazy. The new Nooks yeah, are crazy, but... It's true. That's that's a really hot... hot. This has been a big year $79 for the low-end Kindle. 79 bucks. I know. It's going to be free one of these days, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it really will be. Um, and so if you know somebody who reads a book a month even, uh, and and you think that they'd be open to not having paper in their hands... Yeah, it's a, really, that's an important caveat, man, because yeah. I know a bunch of people who are huge book nerds and love the whole. Well, you know what it is. Thing. Like Andy Anako said it well once. He said, "You know, if you are if you are a lover of reading, you'll love the Kindle. Yeah. If you are a lover of books, yeah, you will hate it. You won't. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like it's what it, what is it that you love? Do you love the smell of the paper and some kind of weird metaphysical thing, or do you actually love?" reading stuff if you love right. reading these right. things are a no-brainer right um and if you're really into reading go for the e-ink ones um there for 99 you can get the kindle touch so you touch the screen instead if you're not doing a lot of searching and that kind of stuff and you're really just reading on it the 79 dollars one will be fine um it's sort of the new equivalent of the uh the first the, the kindle three that i have yeah mm-hmm. um i also recently bought a kindle fire mm-hmm. to give it a shot the little the little kindle tablet amazon the color tablet. one yeah it's cute and it's little uh lcd on it it the screen looks great and yeah. if you're reading it's great uh i've watched a movie on it that i've hand braked over to an mp4 file whatever uh-huh. um and i am expecting and i was just checking just now that they are already running ice cream sandwich which is the latest android software sort of they've hacked it onto this thing so huh. for 199 dollars once they actually get this down to where it's idiot proof and you're somewhat technically know, you know knowledgeable yep plug this thing in your computer blast over ice cream sandwich onto it and then you have a little 7 inch tablet for 199 bucks um i'm looking forward to that just cuz i like the idea of using the actual uh google apps and the new browser it's supposed to be really great an ice cream sandwich and and you can download whatever you want uh, and i'm sure you could still download the kindle app if you want to use it to read um sure. So anyway, just if you want something little and small and, you know, 200 bucks, it's it's actually pretty cool. It's not oh. ideal. It's not perfect. There's no hardware uh, volume buttons. Oh, that's that's yeah. too bad. And the power button is in a really weird place at the bottom. So if you're holding it in a certain way, you could actually accidentally hit the power button. But you could yeah. just turn the whole thing over and then the power button's on the top. Huh. Um, 
but so it's not like the best device ever. But for the price of well, I, I would consider for, you could buy like three a, of them for the price of an iPad. So it's true, and it's also like I think it's safe to say that that's kind of a first gen. It thing, is. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the one the next gen that they say is coming out in the spring is going to like blow it away. I think yeah. this was just a quick like let's get something on the market for Christmas. Sure. But even for that, two hundred bucks, you can't yeah. go wrong. That's no, what the Kindle was two years ago. Yeah, the e ink one. So it's a, anyway, it's exciting times. E inks, uh, the Kindles are great. Not that I'm shilling for Amazon like in general, but you know, they, you know what the nice thing too. Somebody was complaining they they had a Nook, and they were saying that they couldn't get a bunch of books on it. Hmm. And you know what? There is a difference between the libraries on iBooks and and Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Like, not all of them have all the eBooks, hmm. and it seems like Amazon is the place to go. Hmm. Uh, now, a lot of people are scared that it's just going to give Amazon a monopoly on the entire book industry. Uh, you know, uh, I understand I that, but if they have the best library, what are you going to do? I don't know. Anyway, so just something <laughs> to put out there. And yeah. if you listen to Dan's, you know, Giga News. Uh, suggestion. Yep. There are other ways to acquire books. That's true. There are many things on the internet yeah. to be had by people. They're out there. Yep. Uh, so I think we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Things to think about. Uh, and uh, I get, yeah, we we did the best we could with things that you know, recommending things that we uh, we can personally vouch for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so next week, you know, we will get a guest next week. Just trying to organize people at Christmas time is hard. Yeah, schedule. Yeah, normally we get our shows recorded uh, on Sundays or Mondays, but uh, we've been busy. We're a little behind, but we're gonna we'll keep it up. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, people should check out um, one of the things that's been keeping Bill and me uh, more. Bill, obviously, it's Bill mostly, but me too, <laughs> a little bit uh, pretty busy. Is Bill's current project? Um, why don't you tell? Make a little blurb for yourself about that. Well, I'm doing a little portrait, one-a-day portrait project for December. Um, yeah. And uh, you can check them out at ontakingpictures.com, or uh, I'm putting them up on my Facebook or my Google+. Plus. If you look for me, Bill Wadman, you can go subscribe to me. And uh, basically, I'm just getting these people to do all kinds of things they would never normally do. No, they're... they're <laughs> Some of they're them are d- pretty sort normal. Some of them are normal, but, you know, I've had people... Uh, giving birth and 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 people Dance, dancing uh, on the ceiling, dancing on the ceiling, and uh, I had one woman doing a vivisection on her own arm. So they're they're all over the place, uh, but they're fun, and we're gonna do another one another one uh, each night. So you uh, have until the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to, I am shooting these daily in New York City, and I always need more subjects. So you can send me an email at bill at billwadman dot com. Uh, and say, hey, I want to be a subject with a picture and whatnot if you're in New York. Or if you're in D.C., I will be down in that area probably the 22nd through the 26th or 7th. So if you're down there at that time, let me know, and maybe we can get you in down there too. I think I need a couple more slots down there. Uh, So if you want to get a hold of us, circuitous.tv is the website. Yep. Circuitousconversations at gmail.com is the email address. Yep. Uh, Twitter is at Bill Wadman and at Dan Gottesman. Right, uh, as well as uh, at CircConf, which we put uh, updates to when we post things. Very rarely. And uh, and what else are we missing? Uh, I oh. think that's that's about it. What we we thanked you for giving the reviews on the iTunes, but uh, if you haven't yet, go there and give a review. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, I think we right. nailed it. We got it all. All right, uh, then we will see you all next week. Go buy some stuff. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
right on.